Curtin Cade mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. Beginning of a brand new year, we're thinking about yes. a lot of things, Bible mm-hmm. reading plans, these types of things. Being better stewards. Yes. Yeah. So that's uh, that's exactly what we were chatting with Rob West about. Rob is our good friend. You can catch him Monday through Friday on Moody Radio, Florida, 4 p.m., uh, Faith and Finance Live. He's uh, basically when he drops by, it's the Curtin Cade Mornings edition of Faith and Finance <laughs> Live. We take your questions. We talk about stuff. In case you missed it, here's the latest conversation. Beginning of a new year, um, obvious questions coming your way. I just wanted to uh, give the disclaimer here, the obvious things that we need to be reminded of. Let's talk about setting up a budget. A uh, good way to begin this year, obviously, is with the uh, FaithFi app. The, the one thing, though, Rob, is so we have to be careful because sometimes we can bite off more than we can chew and we become discouraged at the beginning of a new year. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I think recommitting to a spending plan and monthly tracking is just so critical. Uh, you know, we can't accomplish our financial goals unless we give every dollar a job or a name. Otherwise, it will find its way to places that you and I don't want it to uh, just through, you know, spr- uh, frivolous or, uh, you know, haphazard spending. And so having that plan is just so essential. It doesn't have to be hard either. And we've tried to really simplify it in the FaithFi app. I'm so glad you downloaded it and you can check it out today in your app store. Just search for FaithFi, that's FaithFi, or go to FaithFi.com and just click app. And basically there's three different approaches to managing your money, which is going to allow you to find the one that's the right fit for you. The most simple is just the track only where you can just say, all right, at least I need to know where my money is going and it will automatically categorize it for you all the way to the most hands-on, which is our digital envelope system, where literally you you fund the digital envelopes out of your checking and savings account. You're not actually moving the money, but in the app, you're funding your envelopes. And then as the transactions come in, they get applied to those envelopes so you can see where you stand at any given point during the month. So take your you know grocery envelope or your eating out envelope, and you can see, wait a minute, we're out of money, and so we're eating at home until the next paycheck comes. In, but it allows you to see where you're at so you can make those course corrections along the way. Yep, you can download it at your app store, as Rob mentioned, or you can uh, find out more and the website and all that good stuff. Again, finance to 888 777 6810. Maybe some top financial moves for the new year. Any suggestions mm-hmm. for us other than a budget? Yeah, a couple come to mind. Number one is, you know, perhaps this is the year where you really go deeper in understanding what it means to manage money God's way. And, uh, you know, I would say pick up a book that's going to allow you to really go deeper in this understanding. Um, Randy Alcorn is one of my favorite authors on yeah. money. Um, and there's, he's got basically, um, his flagship book on money, which is a, a little bit of a deeper read. It's a little thicker. Uh, it's called Money Possessions in Eternity. It's Love probably that. apart from the Bible, the one that the book that shaped my view apart from anything else, um, in the, on this topic. Uh, if you want a lighter read though, he's got a version of it that's a little easier to read, a little shorter. It's called Managing God's Money. So either one of those, Money, Possessions, and Eternity, or Managing God's Money by Randy Alcorn would be great. That book made a big difference in my life, too, Money, Possessions, and Eternity. Yes, absolutely. And also he has a book out, a smaller book called The Treasure Principle. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's awesome. It's the whole idea. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. So I would say start there. Uh, next, review your 2024 giving plan. Uh, perhaps flip the question and ask yourself, how much should I keep this year rather than how much should I give? Uh, and maybe consider what I call a progressive giving target. So perhaps you start this year by increasing your systematic giving 1%. Uh, so if maybe you were tithing a, a tenth off of your uh, increase, Every week when you head to church, maybe you bump it up to 11% this year, but start, you know, increasing your giving over time and see what God does when you do that. Uh, Next, begin a monthly money date with your spouse. This is a great time for you to review your spending plan, pull out your FaithFi app and make course corrections along the way. You can update your goals. This is not a time for finger pointing, just a time for you all to get on the same page. My pastor calls it uh, the coin and calendar meeting. He and his wife sit down every week, actually. <laughs> look great. at the calendar, look at the finances, and and make course corrections. And then uh, two more. One is check your life insurance. Uh, make sure you have uh, insurance coverage while during your working years of at least 10 to 12 times your income uh, payable to your spouse to make sure that uh, your spouse you know can maintain your standard of living when um, when if one of you were to pass away and then finally review your credit report head to annualcreditreport.com you can download it free and with all of the identity theft and fraud out there today it's a great way for you to spot something that's uh, you know unusual which could signal that you've been the victim of identity theft so never a bad idea at least four times a year to check your credit report annualcreditreport.com. First up this morning is Savannah from Tampa. Hey, Savannah, how are you? Hi. Good, thank you. Great. What's your question for Rob? So I have a life insurance question. Um, so our net worth is $1.7 million. We've paid off our mortgage. We're debt-free completely. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. But at what point are we self-insured? Do we need to get a new policy to cover my husband's income should something happen? He has life insurance right now. He's had it since he was 30. He'll be 44, and it's going up and up. It's like tripling. So we don't, if you have any. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I I love the situation that you're in. Obviously, you all have really prioritized managing God's money wisely. I love that you're out of debt. You've already also built a significant net worth already. What did you say your ages were, if you don't mind me asking? Um, my husband will be 44 and I will be 43. Okay. All right. Yeah. So the idea would be that you'd maybe get another term policy if, or if you had whole life, maybe you consider getting term to get you through age 65. So we're talking maybe a, a 20 year term policy for uh, enough to cover his income. So let's say the Lord were uh, to call him home and he passes away. And yes, you've got that 1.7 million and that's great. I mean, that's a huge sum of money, but if we were to invest that and you know, we would probably only want you to pull out about 4% a year, that's $68,000 a year. Uh, now, I suspect that may or may not, you know, cover your lifestyle from this point forward. So the idea would be 
if you were to have enough to replace his income just through his working years until he retires, um, then, you know, that would allow that 1.7 to continue to grow so that you'd have the ability to generate even more income during retirement. Um, you don't need to keep it beyond his working years at that point because of the savings that you've done. And because you're debt free, you drop that policy and, and then you're, you're good to go from that point forward. So, you know, I think there is still a need for it right now, um, you know, for you to replace his income and and not have to, you know, convert your liquid savings uh, to income right away. You know, that's where the, the life insurance would come in. But term insurance is going to be the most cost effective way to do that. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this episode of the Curtain Cape Mornings podcast. We always welcome a review with your thoughts and comments, and please feel free to subscribe and follow us as well. Let's go next to Peter, who's joining us from Tampa as well. Hey, Peter, how you doing? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Oh, great. Welcome. What's your question? Yes, uh, I am wondering um, about investing, and if we are completely debt-free and we're tithing and we are going above the tithe and um, donating, but then we also want to invest. Where would you recommend parking some investments um, in light of if you do not really necessarily agree with all of the um, kind of social things that are going on in the world and some of the larger companies and seeing eye to eye biblically that I do? I, I, I believe I've heard you speak of sound mind investing, um, but do they do they have like different companies that they would invest in where you can earn on average 10 to 12 percent a year that aren't investing in things that we don't agree with biblically or um, I always kind of wonder that. And I, I always miss your show at four o'clock. So I caught you in the morning here. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you called. Yeah, that's great. So first of all, I think, you know, prioritizing your giving. I love that you mentioned that you're doing that first right off the top. That's great. Um, I love the idea though, of you systematically investing as well. A great place to do that is through salary deferral into your 401k, or if you don't have a 401k, perhaps through an IRA or some other tax deferred vehicle. In terms of the actual investments you're selecting, this is a great idea that you're referencing here. It's what we call faith-based investments, which in the last five years, this whole segment of the investing landscape that allows you to invest in a way that aligns appropriately with your values as a believer has just exploded. I mean, in the last three years alone, there's been 55 new products, new mutual funds, new exchange-traded funds that have come online from some just wonderful faith-based fund families that allow you to achieve competitive returns uh, and make sure that you're not investing in things that would be misaligned with your values. So what I would do is head to our website, faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com. Just click on the show right there at the top of the page. And when you scroll down, you'll see a lot of the faith-based investing providers that are uh, sponsors, underwriters of our program. Uh, you'll see fund families like Eventide and Guy Stone and Praxis and One Ascent and uh, several others there. And just begin, you know, to look into those. Any of those fund families, I would feel really comfortable that you're going to, again, achieve a competitive return, make sure you're properly diversified, but also make sure that you're aligned with your Christian values. So faithfi.com is the place to go. Elta is joining us from Tampa. Good morning. What's your question for Rob? Good, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Happy New Year's to each of you. Well, but I hear you talk often about the um, bonds. 
I buy bonds with my income tax, and I don't know if I'm supposed to turn them over after a certain period of time because it seems like in time past, people just hold on to them forever and pass them down. And I got them from my grandchildren, so I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with it. Should I be flipping it over, cashing them in or something like that, the U.S. saving bonds? Yeah. So the the thing about the savings bond is, I mean, they're very safe and secure, backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government, uh, but they just don't pay a whole lot. And so I'm not a huge fan uh, of the the savings bonds just because you can do better elsewhere. Um, you know, the, the we've heard a lot about the I bonds as of late, just because inflation has yeah. been high, but that's coming down, and the bond mm-hmm. uh, interest rates will come down with it. The double E bonds, you know, aren't paying a whole lot uh, around two point seven percent right now. You can do better than that in a high yield savings account or a CD. So I think, you know, you first of all, you've got to decide what is the time horizon on the money I'm investing. If it's more than five years, certainly more than 10, I'd rather you be in a properly diversified stock and bond portfolio, not through U.S. savings bonds, but stocks and then maybe corporate or uh, government bonds. And then secondly, if you're going to invest for your grandkids, for instance, uh, you know, if it's money you want to earmark for college, I'd probably look at a 529 education savings plan. And to find the best plan for you, you can go to savingforcollege.com. It's a great website that would help you determine that. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, getting out of those bonds and investing in something that gives you the ability to have some more long-term appreciation will ultimately result in you doing better uh, just in terms of the performance on that over time than you can with those mm-hmm. those savings bonds. Hmm. Yeah. I should just sell them. I I would. I mean, obviously, I don't know your whole financial picture, and you've got to consider the tax implications on that as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I'm always hesitant for you to say, yeah, just go sell them. But I would just, <laughs> as you evaluate that, perhaps with an advisor, um, you know, mm-hmm. there are ways for you to do better over time than U.S. savings yeah. bonds. That's for sure. Hmm. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You bet. Right. Many blessings to you. Thank you for your question. All right. Let's try to get to as many questions as we can. Let's go to Cheryl Lynn in Wesley Chapel. Hi, Cheryl Lynn. How are you? Thank you for my um, taking my call. Uh, I have a put a ladybird deed on my mortgage of my house because I'm 73 and I did not want my daughter going through probate. But um, I've heard you say that she has to do um, um, capital gain taxes that way. What other way can I do it where she does not have these costs? Yeah, with the Ladybird deed, and, and that may be a new term for some of our listeners, this is basically a life estate deed that allows you to maintain uh, control of the property until death, and then it transfers to a beneficiary without going through probate. Um, right. This is okay. Yeah, I mean, so she's going to inherit it uh, at your death, which means she gets that step up in cost basis. So she's not going to pay capital gains on the profits from when the price that you paid the new cost basis is as of the market value as of the date of your death. Uh, the ladybird deed is just an efficient way to transfer it to her without it going through probate. Um, so I'm completely comfortable with that. Um, you know, some folks have what's called a transfer on death deed. It just depends on your state and it's always a good idea to check with an estate planning attorney to make sure that you're well planned. But I like the idea of what you're doing here. The key is you don't want to actually 
quit claim deed it, which is where she, your daughter in this case, would actually take ownership of it prior to your death. That would cause her to inherit your cost basis. But the way that you're doing it will still allow her to enjoy the step up in basis. Thank you very much. All right, sure. Thanks, Cheryl Lynn. Blessings to you and your family. Happy New Year. Let's go to Riverview, and Craig is next. Hey, Craig, Happy New Year. Good morning, Rob, Kurt, and Kate. Happy New Year. Happy New Good. Year. Good. Happy New Year. What's your question? A yeah, quick question, Mr. Rob. I um, retired military, and I work another job at the school, and I was telling my investor at my advisor at school, I said, every year I'm paying, you know, between fifteen and $2,000 the IRS at the end, you know, in April. So he said, do 403B uh, and then do pre-tax. But I was trying to figure out, do I need to do anything special or how do I get that break when I do my income tax? Yeah, no, when you file your taxes, those contributions you made to that 403B are going to be excluded uh, from your uh, taxable income. So that is a great way because that's going to give you some additional, you know, deductions that will not be included. You know, in prior years, if you weren't making those 403B contributions, that you would have had additional income that you'd be paying tax on. So that is a great way to lessen your tax liability and get that money into an investment account that can grow tax deferred. So I like the plan uh, on that. You may want to just you know visit with your CPA uh, or tax preparer just to understand the implications of that and figure out you know what do I need to do to make sure I have zero tax liability um, you know at the end of the year and you can either do that by having more taxes withheld or in your case you know with those four or three B contributions you're just lowering your taxable income which is a great idea and a great way for you to have a nest egg that's continuing to grow for the future so I love that plan I think uh, you're making a wise decision. Yes, sir. Thank you. Because that's what he said. He told me, don't don't give the IRS when you're going to invest for yourself. That's right. I like that plan. You know what I think, Rob? I think that's the quote of the hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Exactly. All right. Um, by the way, coming up on Faith and Finance Live this afternoon at 4, a new perspective for the new year. Uh, a lot of folks, New Year's resolutions, we always talk about this. Um, one of the things you're going to be focusing on, I guess, is uh, accountability and how important this can be. Tell us more. Yeah, you know, we're going to talk about how your perspective plays into your ability to budget. Uh, you know, one of the biggest factors I've found to help people follow through with having a spending plan, and, you know, many people as they're kicking off a new year and setting their New Year's resolutions are saying, all right, this is the year I'm going to actually begin tracking my finances and living according to a plan. Well, you've got to start with the why. Why are you doing it? That's different than knowing what you want to do. Uh, you may want to get out of debt or save more or be generous, but if you don't have a clear understanding of why, you're likely not to stick with it. So uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how Scripture can inform how we view our money, starting with God being the owner of everything, and then talk about what it means to uh, be a, a manager or a steward of God's money. Um, and we'll talk about the FaithFi app as well and how that can help you manage your money this year, which you can learn more at FaithFi.com. Or you can just text FINANCE to 888-777-6810, and we'll send you out a link. Rob, blessings to you. All right, great to be with you guys. 
Thanks for listening to Curtain Gate Mornings Podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.